Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. trying this out I'm doing the daily financial news for my desk versus under my neon sign do me a favor let me know what you think doing it from my desk allows me to do it from my computer where if I do it from the uh, sign area I'm doing it from my phone so I don't know just trying to feel it out trying to see what's going on let me know what you think so Thursday April 28th lots and lots of stuff going on first and foremost I want to warn you uh, that you are very likely going to see some interesting headlines around negative GDP. Uh, Q1 GDP for the United States, it just came in at negative, negative 1.4%. Well, that's not good. However, when you kind of uncover the number, I think I have a story for it. Uh, Certainly not a number that I would uh, be happy with if I was the man in charge of the country. But let's at least look what's behind it. I do not think this is the start of a recession, but you are undoubtedly, without question, going to see hundreds of YouTube videos in the next 24 to 48 hours about a recession starting. The classic definition of a recession, don't forget, is two negative quarters of GDP growth back to back. I certainly think we are on path to have a recession. In fact, I think a hard landing is the only way out of this environment we are in. Uh, I stand by my whiteboard discussion of it occurring in 2023. So let's talk about this number because it is bad. And if you just look at the print, which that's what they call the negative 1.4%, you... um, you could call it. You could call the first quarter, right? The first quarter, negative 1.4. But let's talk what's behind it. Let's remember Q3, Q4 of last year, because a large, a very, very large part of our GDP, it is is what is called inventory building. What we had in Q4, which many of you may have forgotten, Q4 GDP was the highest since 1984. It came in at six. Yes, 6.9%. Great number. Negative 1.4, Q1, bad number. A lot of that you could look at as inventory building. In addition to that, we still have a supply chain that is all mucked up and frankly, not getting better. Uh, A lot of what we see also in this GDP print is a lot of imports, right? So there's a lot of imports that were in the system that got unclogged and now we are ordering again and it's all mucked up. So again, I uh, do not think the economy is strong. I do not think it's strong. I think the economy is far weaker than they are telling us. I do not think we are currently in a recession. Uh, We have 3.6% unemployment. 
the higher interest rates, which will have demand destruction, have only recently started. So again, I think a hard landing is coming. Uh, I think this negative 1.4% A could be revised out and B was really made up of two factors uh, that I don't think hold water in Q2. So Q2 will be a positive number and thus a recession, a classic recession um, missed or uh, not happened. But that doesn't mean all of your untrained economists, uneducated economists, not picking on that channel, but just all the other YouTube personalities won't be screaming at you with warnings and dire predictions and all of those things. Don't forget, still have 3.6% unemployment and likely going lower. We still have wage inflation. We still have savings. We still have all the airlines and hotels telling us about travel. Uh, I do think the economy is weak. It's just not that weak. So again, uh, just be careful with what you consume because you you could get sidetracked with kind of a noisy or messy number. On top of that, we had some earnings from last night. Meta or Facebook came in. They kind of reversed last quarter's horrible miss. Uh, they beat top and bottom. Uh, but they did give a guide or guidance for year-over-year -year decline in revenue. I don't think a lot of people are pointing at that right now, right? Uh, you are paying these high multiples for some of these classic FANG names because they are consistent growers. Meta forecast declining growth. And that is really what got Netflix. Let's not forget what Netflix fell because they had subscriber uh, decline for the first time in 10 years. So I don't know. I'm not sure the uh, forward guidance for Meta is all that rosy. Qualcomm crushed it, beat top and bottom. Their investments, their early investments in multiple uh, uh, chips uh, is proven to be a genius move. It was a lot of capital they put out early. Uh, but they are clearly reaping the rewards. Qualcomm uh, gave out a great number. PayPal came out with some earnings, but again, weak guidance. Also, interestingly to know, uh, Wells Fargo, remember, is selling off their San Francisco office. PayPal is shutting down their San Francisco office. I think it's 425 Market. I used to walk by it all the time. That's a big deal, right? If you don't know, San Francisco adopted some unfriendly rules and regulations for big companies. And guess what? Big companies are leaving. It's just like, it reminds me of Portland, right? Portland uh, punishes landlords and landlords sell properties. You know, suddenly your affordable housing problem gets worse. LA County, same deal. You want to punish landlords by having the eviction moratorium folks? Yes, the eviction moratorium unconstitutional is still in effect in LA County. You can't make this stuff up. I guarantee you uh, in the next 24 months, we will be hearing about 10, 20, 30,000 affordable homes, rentals sold. Kick the tenant out, clean it up, sell it. That's what's going to happen in LA County. It happens every time. When you mess with free market capitalism, there are unintended consequences. And uh, they happen 
they just don't happen right away, but they come. So again, San Francisco, you want to punish big companies? They leave. Genius. Ford CEO says the demand for the F-150 Lightning, which I think is their electric truck, they have stopped taking orders uh, because the demand is so high. Also, they reported a pretty significant loss on uh, Rivian, a $3.1 billion loss on Rivian. Apparently, they were early investors. I wonder if Amazon, I think Amazon reports today, and if I remember correctly, I read a lot, so I may be off. But I thought Amazon's earnings last quarter were what I call dirty or messy because a lot of their growth was Rivian um, mark-to-market profit, right? They, they increased in value. Rivian's down like every day since then. So I wonder if Amazon's going to have to report a huge loss today. Again, I could be wrong. So if Amazon's not there, not invested, I stand corrected. I read some tweets or actually an article about tweets from Michael Burry. Michael Burry's an odd duck, that one. Right, he tweets and then deletes it and then he turns off his Twitter. It's, it's a really weird phenomenon. But anyways, I thought he put out some good stuff. He's basically reminding us. This is something Dion and uh, Matt and I talk about, right? What we call the three amigos, which yes, happening today. Uh, all this cash that went direct to consumers. We had $850 billion direct to consumers, right, in STEMI checks. We had $400 billion in cash-out refinances. This was highlighted to me first by the All In podcast, and I think Chamath. $1 trillion, $1 trillion in forgivable loans. It is frankly estimated, as I've talked about on this channel, about $250 to perhaps as high as $500 billion was fraud. I think a lot of Lamborghinis, a lot of Ferraris, and a lot of Teslas were sold to people who had fraud, but we will see that in the next year or so. And then there was another $4 trillion in kind of second derivative stimulus, like don't pay your rent, like double unemployment, like all of these other things you don't have to pay. That just meant people had more stuff in their pocket, which again, probably was the right thing to do when you shut the country down. But when you do it for that long, we are going to pay the price. The hangover that's coming, we are going to see it. Deutsche Bank, putting out some articles that I've read, uh, started reading over the week and read some more, frightened me. They are frankly so frightening that right now they're not in, not in my base case or even in my worst case. They're kind of my extreme case. Deutsche Bank is talking about the Fed having to be ultra aggressive. And getting the funds rate, that's the front end of the curve, all the way up to 5 or 6%. And as they say, when the Fed does that, a major recession will ensue, which is deep and long. I couldn't imagine. If you have a funds rate at 6, that means the two-year, what, is like 8? The 10-year is like eight and a half, nine. The 30-year mortgage is like 11? Man, I couldn't imagine. But your savings, you probably could be getting, what would you be getting? Probably making 7% on your savings. Might not be bad. Pending home sales came out and they are down for the fifth month in a row. And folks, we ain't seen nothing yet. I'm hearing from more and more people that the housing slowdown is real. My call of a housing slowdown is proving right. Even people, two of you, have reached out to me and admitted 
that 30 days ago you were telling me I was an idiot and wrong, and now you're saying, oops, Michael, you're right. Yeah, I am. I'm right. I've done this for a while. I can see the future. It's really simple math. We have crushed affordability, which is, if you read my first book, One Rental at a Time, the number one metric, in my opinion, to watch in housing. It's been hurt. Uh, higher interest rate hurt. Higher prices hurt. It does get helped out by higher wages, obviously. But the rate we have seen interest rates go up, there's, there's no chance wages can keep up. Uh, so we are seeing pending home sales again down negative, uh, down 1.2% fifth month in a row. And again, you ain't seen nothing yet. Mortgage applications to purchase down 17%. These are all year on year numbers. Again, I don't think you've seen anything yet. Looks like Mitt Romney is out talking about the uh, student uh, loan forgiveness essentially being a bribe. I think you're right. A bribe, buying votes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think the timing is, uh, it's always been about the midterm elections. We shall see. Uh, if you don't have good news, I guess you got to fabricate good news. So whatever. I don't think it, uh, I don't think it will work. And I think it will again have ramifications and people won't forget, but uh, we shall see what happens. World Bank, once again, agreeing, you must be watching this channel talking about, we are in a 1970s crisis. We are in an energy crisis, much like the 70s. The 70s may have been um, Saudi Arabia and the like with the OPEC embargo. Now it is obviously Russia. The impacts are the same. Uh, we are going to see energy prices, worldwide energy prices, potentially go up 50%. And folks, that will have ramifications throughout, this, throughout everything. Energy is in almost everything. Food. Oh, it's going to, yeah. So again, just like the 70s, and as I've shared recently, I have some memories of the late 70s, and let's just say it was pretty, pretty yucky. I saw something yesterday that I almost fell out of my chair. Obviously, I'm a real estate guy, and even this surprised me. U.S. Home Builders, National Association of Home Builders, is already, <laughs> already pushing Biden and Washington and Congress to help cut the cost of um, building a home of mortgages because we are under extreme duress. Kind of self-serving. I don't think we've seen anything yet. I think the National Association of Home Builders is probably doing what they are paid to do, but come on, man. <laughs> Build smaller homes. D.R. Horton gave you the answer. Build smaller homes. Build more affordable homes. There are You don't have to build McMansions or luxury or whatever the heck it is out there. Higher interest rates are supposed to hurt you, Mr. Home Builder. Uh, I, everybody has a handout to D.C. It's disgusting. And again, I'm a real estate guy. Uh, and I think it's I think, it, I think it's always disgusting when people ha raise their hand for bailouts and uh, just... Let the free market work. Saw that Boeing lost $1.1 billion on Air Force One. Apparently, uh, they were retrofitting or something with, I guess there's two Air Force One planes. That's a hell of a loss. $1.1 billion. Somebody did not negotiate well. Or the, on the other side, somebody negotiated really well. That's a, that's a huge, huge loss by a public company. 
I saw an interesting article about cities with list price declines. Again, you've got to watch these numbers. You've got to watch the vocabulary. This is list price. Some of that could be made up with inventory mix. So you got to be really careful when you have these discussions. But if you invest in any of these four markets, I want to hear from you. Let me list the four markets. Toledo, Ohio, Rochester, New York, Detroit, Michigan, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you invest in one of those four markets, I want to hear from you because this article says the list price in Toledo, Ohio is down 18%. This is all since 2021. So think year on year. Rochester, New York, down 17%. Detroit, Michigan, down 15%. And Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, down 13%. Obviously, as I always say, I do not know these markets at all. I've never looked at real estate in any of these markets. But these four markets feel like they are legacy manufacturing cities that maybe are shrinking in population. Again, I have no idea, but I would love to hear from you. Again, Toledo, Rochester, Detroit, Pittsburgh, hit me up. I want to hear from you. What is going on in your areas? South Florida kind of flipped the script a lot. You know, one of the markets that may not slow down is Florida and specifically South Florida. Actually, it's funny. I have a video coming out later today, I think at nine o'clock with one of my real estate agents in Fresno. And we compare stats from 2018 to 2022. And it's funny that this article I read about South Florida compared 2017 to 2019 with what is going on today. So from 2017 to 2019 in South Florida, the average inventory level, meaning available homes for sale, 27,000. Today, 7,906. So call it eight grand. So what that tells me is you could see inventory go up 350% and you would only be back to normal. So I would expect South Florida uh, to stay hot, at least be a hot market longer than most markets. What else? I think that's good. Uh, let's just re let's give a shout out to Todd. Todd uh, went to my website, one rental at a time, found the Easter egg. So Todd, your t-shirt is going out. I have one left. I will be ordering more, but if you go there and find it. And then lastly, Lots of you, and I mean lots of you, have asked for my ORAT rules. And uh, my team finally created them. If you go to my website, One Rental at a Time, you will see several options. So there you go. All the stuff is there. Let me know what you think doing these uh, dailies from my desk or uh, doing them under the sign. Just trying to change it up. Since I have a couple minutes, let's, uh, let's give shout outs to people that have joined. Hey, Nathan, Prasanna, Dion, Chester, just scrolling down the list. Stephen Dow out there. Dustin, Rami, Mandy, Carolyn, Philip. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, San Francisco. Crazy. If you, if you institute rules or taxes or penalties, people leave. I mean, what are you thinking? It's crazy. 7% ROI holding money. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Addison, Andrew. That's all. Yep. Hi to the puppies. Yep. They're sleeping. So in the end, folks, 
have fun. Have a great day. Remember, links below for my books, all my playlists, my experts. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Bye.